The Selfish Path to Romance. Download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com and at amazon.com. You ain't going to school, are you, Annie? When I grow up. You ain't either, Annie. You're going to stay here. Take care of me. I'm going to school when I grow up. You said we'd be together forever and ever and ever. I'm going to school when I grow up. Now leave me be. And that's from a powerful movie, The Miracle Worker. I recommend that, the story of Helen Keller. And that passion that she shows, I'm going to school. She just, she wants her values and nobody will stand in the way of her values. She is pursuing her dream. She is pursuing her happiness. And with me to discuss happiness is Dr. Tara Smith. She's a professor of philosophy at the University of Texas at Austin. And she's the author of several books. And uh, she's written many, many articles. And our topic today is on happiness. What is happiness, Dr. Smith? Happiness is the way you feel when your life is going well be a little bit more specific, we can say happiness is the way you feel when the things you care about are going well, when you're achieving your values, your ends, and they are actually contributing to your objective well-being, your health, not only your physical health, your emotional health, your psychological health, the all-round flourishing and nourishing of you as a human being, right? When things are going well and you are making progress, making strides in deepening your life and your enjoyment of life, that's what happiness is. So it's a sort of psychological offshoot or product of what you are doing. Okay, so how you're leading your life. So when you're leading your life basically effectively, and the corresponding condition that you'll be in is a condition of happiness. So one one clarification: we often talk about, oh, he was happy today, or she was in a good mood, and there's nothing wrong with that way of speaking. But the kind, what I'm talking about, is not simply being in a good mood because you like the weather this morning or your team won the game last night. It's not. Fleeting, it's not transient, it's not superficial, it's not cheerfulness, though that, that's a nice thing to be cheerful, right? It's basically the sense that your life is going as it should be going. Okay, so sort it's an amazing a- accomplishment, as, as opposed to a temporary feeling of happiness. You hear a song uh-huh. you like, or you finally find those chocolate cupcakes you've been looking for, sure, sure. Uh, it, or the book that you want to read. Those are legitimate moments of happiness or joy. Of enjoyment. Of enjoyment, sure. right? But it's not what we're addressing here. We are addressing that happiness is the undercurrent of your life, being a happy person and yes, achieving... See, and I, I like that term, undercurrent, right? It's a more constant, enduring character that your life has. Obviously, we all experience numerous ups and downs in the course of an, or, an ordinary day. So a happy person can struggle? Bill made me unhappy, that unexpected compliment made me happy, and all sorts of variations. Right. That's fine, but right, we're talking about the more enduring. And you know. can a happy person struggle or fail or feel frustrated? Of course. By of course, I just mean sure. You know, we can't control everything that happens to us in life. There's an awful lot you do control. And your responsibility, if you want to be happy, is to do everything you can to try to achieve your values, to choose your values thoughtfully and wisely, and to go after them sensibly, rationally. 
But you can't control what other people do that might affect you. You can't control just nature sometimes. So sure, you can fail, particularly short-term or temporarily. But when you fail for some reason that you could not have helped, and that you were not responsible for, it typically doesn't affect your overall satisfaction with your life. It will be disappointing. It can be hurtful sometimes, right? Right. I mean, I'm not saying you won't suffer real stings when you don't get the thing you were going for, but I'm not going to question myself if I know that I was right to be going after it and, and that I did what I should have been doing in order to try to get it. Okay, right? so when then I... Then th- it doesn't sort of challenge my sense that, but I am doing what I can do. I am leading my life in a happiness-furthering way. Right. So I, when I applied to graduate school, it was a long shot. I had been out of mm. school for a while, t- uh, Dr. Mm. Smith. I didn't think I would get in, and I gave myself five years to get in. And the first year, guess what happened? Hey, I got to interrupt this because we've got to pay some bills. 30 seconds, that's it. A very quick ad, and then Alan will be back. Romance. Ugh, I wish guys knew more about what we want from a relationship. (laughs) Boy, I wish I knew more about what I want. Where's that ad I saw? Ah, here it is. The Selfish Path to Romance. A serious romance guidebook. Download Chapter 1 for free at SelfishRomance.com and buy it at Amazon.com. Hmm, The Selfish Path to Romance. That is interesting. And the first year, guess what happened? I got rejected. I failed, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But I didn't feel like I failed. I had a different mindset. I called Mm -hmm. up the school and asked them, what are my strengths and where do Mm -hmm. I need improvement because I'll be applying Mm -hmm. next year. And the person who answered the phone, I still remember his name, he said, this Mm -hmm. is so great that you called. Most people just take a rejection from a university and just tear it up and say, what's the use? Why bother? And you called, and he told me that I needed more experience. I didn't even know you needed ex- I needed clinical experience to become a clinical psychologist. So I thought you got that in school. So I went back and got the experience, and I did get in the second year. Mm-hmm. So that's a good example of how to deal with a setback where you don't beat up on yeah. yourself, but you move forward. I'm wondering... Terrific example. It's a good example of what we're talking about. It's an admirable example, and it's an example in which it seems you were driven by the fact that you really had this goal. Right. And, you know, you weren't easily deterred from it, as one would quite understandably, and most people, you know, frequently are easily deterred. Oh, well, I'm not good enough. Oh, what's the use? Right. Right. I really want this, and I think I can, you know, I I think I can do it, at least. I know what I don't know. But I know that if I learn what I need to find out or do, I can put myself in a better position to get what I want. And sure enough, here you are today, Dr. Kenner, right? Right, now I can, yeah, and and enjoying it. So how important is it that people are aware of their own successes on whatever scale, whether you're dating and you have met some potential partners or whether you're going back to school or whether you set a goal? How important is it that people are aware of their virtues, their strengths? Uh, Well, I think it's very important, actually, because so much of what sustains us, as we were just saying, there are all sorts of things you can't control and there will be setbacks from time to time, bigger or smaller ones. But, you know, life can be discouraging at times. You know, one of the essential things that sustains us is the belief, the conviction, and the sense, but I can do this. I'm good at this. I can achieve goals. You know, I've done it before. I'm still doing it. So that sense of efficacy is really crucial to building the self-esteem 
the self-opinion that's going to enable you to not just fold up the tent as soon as you get that first rejection letter and say, oh, well, I'll have to change my plans, right? Right. Um, that's the kind of thing that tells you, yeah, well, life doesn't always work out immediately, easily, the way you would most desire. But with effort, you know, cause and effect, I can do things that will make much more likely my getting what I want. So I think it's very important that we feed ourselves realistically, completely realistically, but that we feed ourselves and acknowledge what we're doing right. Because that both helps us feel good about ourselves and genuinely strengthens us to try some more. So it wouldn't... Try in, in sensible, rational ways that have a good chance of ultimately propelling those goals and the happiness that we want. So as you're talking, I'm thinking it's a very good strategy for people to keep a journal and not a journal where they're always criticizing themselves. Oh, I can't believe I did that. But a journal where they train their minds to notice their own strengths and their own good choice making. Yes, because that also fuels the belief that if, if I think I'm pretty good at this, yeah, then I'm worthy of some somewhat ambitious goals, right? Right. Right. So, I mean, you, you also will set goals more appropriately the more positive a view you have of yourself. Now, again, throughout, you want to be realistic. You right. also want to, right. I mean, once in a while, you do something you shouldn't have done. Right, or right. Or you're lazy about something. But, again, it's only by being honest with yourself about that that you can reconsider. Reconsider, think, right. If I really right. want such right. and such, that means I'm going to... Not have to be so late. Right. I know we're right at the end of time here. I think we also need to focus on the strengths of our kids, for those of us who have kids. And I want to mention that if you want any information by on Dr. Tara Smith, you can get it. She's written several books and a wonderful pamphlet, Money Can Buy Happiness. You can go to Amazon.com, and of course, you can go to my website, drkenner.com. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Tara Smith. Thank you very much for having me. For more Dr. Kenner podcasts, go to drkenner.com and please listen to this ad. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the serious romance guidebook by clinical psychologists Dr. Kenner and Locke. Look at what a potential partner likes or doesn't like in the arts. Greatness, mediocrity, or depravity. Ask what this person aspires to and observe if there's any action taken toward these goals. Note how this person views his or her work. Is this person passionate about it or is it just a job? Do they resent the responsibility of earning a living? See whom this person chooses for friends, admirable individuals, or people who are empty or just no good. Romantic partners don't have to and should not share all values. It would be boring to marry a near replica of yourself. You want your soulmate to be another self, but only in a fundamental sense, not in every detail. You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com and you can buy the book at amazon.com.